Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'll be your host for the next hour. And uh, this is episode 52 of the Canadians Connection podcast. It's the Craig Reve edition. And uh, I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by the Craig Reve to my Matthew Darsh, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? I'm, go- I'm doing just fine. And uh, a couple of beauties there with... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> Matthew Darsh, Mister, uh, you know everything, everything in his toolbox, up and down the lineup, and and Craig Reve, uh, his biggest gift was uh, to the Canadians was when he was traded away, uh, yeah, to San Jose for Josh Georges and what would become Max Pacioretty. Not a bad bit of business from the Montreal Canadiens there, mm-hmm. getting uh, yeah a good defenseman in return and uh, and a nice thirty a future thirty uh, plus goal scorer so. Nothing wrong with that trade. So had to get him in there, as well as you mentioned, Matthew Darsh, who uh, had had the ability to go up and down the lineup. Maybe like a you know before we got Paul Byron and see what he did. Maybe uh, Darsh was the uh, sort of the first edition of of a uh, Paul Byron. But we're glad to be here, and it's the first Saturday of the new season. The Canadians have already played a game, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before we get there. We have a lot of news to talk about here on this uh, episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Like I said, we're very happy to be back and have some have some game to games to talk about and and real news items that you know uh, over the course of the off season we didn't have quite as much. We had some jam packed shows in there, that's for certain. But now we have some tangible hockey to talk about, and it's great. So uh, before we get we before we go any further. Uh, let's just say that we do have some uh, contact numbers that you could reach us with if you would like to do so. Of course. Um, we're a live show every, 1 o'clock every Saturday, um, so you can call us, uh, and we'll take calls uh, in the third segment. Uh, the studio number is 213-943-3754. That's 213-943-3754. Uh, we know that a lot of you, and and I should mention, thank you, uh, last week was uh, uh, one of our highest uh, listened to, subscribed uh, uh, podcasts, and we really thank uh, all of our uh, longtime loyal listeners, and we like all the new people that are, are uh, joining us, too. Thank you, yeah. and uh, listen, if... if um, if you know a Habs fan, uh, tell them about this podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast, because uh, we really love having you uh, with us. Um, and we, we really love hearing from you. you, you on demand, you can text us um, uh, anytime at the Rocket Sports number, 5853ROCKET. If you're listening on demand, text us 24 hours a day at 5853ROCKET. And certainly you can also follow us on social media at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So, Rick, now that we're back into the swing of things, into the regular season, I think it's about time that we bring back a uh, regular segment here on the Canadians Connection podcast with some winners and losers. 
We should. And now um, it's time it, for this week's. Jump the gun on that one. <laughs> Sorry, you're fine. I was just going to say um, uh, th- there was a winner last year that um, I-, I just want to want to point out that um, th- there's no repeats. There's no repeats in all Habs fantasy hockey. I'm just I'm just getting it out. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. I've I've jumped the gun on that one because we were going to talk about the fantasy hockey draft that went on Tuesday just before the season began. So I apologize for that. But we're no. going to talk about this before we get into winners and losers, which I, I apologize for teasing it just a little bit too early. But there was some some trash talk. It got a little bit heated <laughs> in the uh, during the draft, and it was directed mostly towards me because Absolutely. I'm uh, yeah. As I mentioned, I, I am the defending champion going for the repeat oh. this year. Uh, <laughs> so I was very fortunate to have uh, Sidney Crosby fall to me at number five, which oh, really? I had him last year. He led the charge for me last year as well. Unfortunately, couldn't pick up Carey Price, who was the uh, the leader of my uh, my three-headed monster between the pipes with Connor Hellebuck and Matt Murray as well. But uh, Sidney Crosby at number five, I'll take that all day. And uh, certainly a, a lot of, yeah, a lot of trash talk. I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what was going on there. <laughs> well, last year, I, I <laughs> should say all Habs fantasy sports. We're in our 10th season. Uh, we do all Habs uh, fantasy football. We do all Habs fantasy hockey. We have multiple leagues uh, in both fa- uh, football and uh, hockey. And out of the kindness of our hearts, we invited <laughs> you to join us last year. For your first year playing fantasy sports. Yeah. Is that correct? And, that, is, that is absolutely and, correct. Right. And you absolutely wiped the floor with the rest of the league. <laughs> and part of the reason why is because you stole right out of my queue Al Connor. <laughs> right? Yeah. Key contributor. <laughs> and what happened this year? After I talked up and and pointed out... Um, over the summer podcast, at the end of the year, how much I like through the playoffs, how much I like Timo Meyer, and there was Timo Meyer in my queue. And what happened this this year in the fantasy draft? Uh, I think I think I picked him. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> hey, listen, I, and I know our commissioner Brian was not pleased with that pick as well. There were a few people that were a little bit up in arms about that selection. And, uh, and I, you know, I was, I was getting a lot of grief uh, during the draft. And another person that, uh, that I, I needed to deflect some of the attention away from myself. So I got uh, Amy Johnson from the AHL report involved in it a little bit and, and picked uh, Travis Konechny, who uh, had a great first game the other day over in uh, Czech Republic. So uh, I, I thank him for that, uh, for that performance, getting the uh, Farnham Flyers off to a good start. And what was her, uh, and that's Bobby Farnham, of course. Um, Bobby Farnham, uh, yeah. Uh, what was her response when you picked Travis McConnechny? Well, I, I said that uh, I might as well go and grab one of the uh, the Flyers that can actually skate as a, as a joke. As a joke. The Flyers are a good team. They can skate. And uh, Amy Johnson uh, replied with, you're a dead man, Waylon. So uh, <laughs> wasn't wasn't a, wasn't a good night. But, hey, got a good player out of it. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a fun draft. Yes. Um, and um, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, all of you who are playing fantasy sports 
um, have had your drafts and uh, you've got your team, but I thought we'd mention a couple of our late picks in the draft yes. uh, that may be on your waiver wire that, uh, that uh, you might pick up. And, and I think uh, I, you mentioned our commissioner, uh, Brian Clark, Brian Clark does a great job for all of our Habs, uh, fantasy sports. And, and he's going to be on the show um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, to talk about fantasy sport and, and to talk about the Canadians and other things. But um, I really liked my, my late pick and that was uh, Clayton Keller. Um, mm-hmm. And um, Clayton Keller has been off to a, to a great start so far. Um, and uh, so if he's on your, your waiver wire, uh, he might be somebody that, that uh, you look at. Um, he's only, yeah, it's kind of, um, in in Yahoo leagues, uh, and I'm sorry. And the the other was Jacob Verana. That's that's the one I was going to mention. Is yeah. Jacob Verana, who who um, I I got right near the the end. He's only starting in 15% of the leagues and uh, has already got two goals. So um, Jacob Verana might be worthy of a waiver wire pickup for you. Well, for my team, uh, I was able to uh, pick up Mikhail Sergachev fairly late in the, uh, it was, you know, uh, one of the, like, there weren't a whole lot of defensemen left at this point. I kind of left that. Uh, He's only 68% owned, but he had three assists in the opener against the Florida Panthers. He got off to a really good start in that game. So if he's, you know, uh, only 68% owned, he might be available in some other drafts or some other waiver wires. You might want to pick him up. He looks prime for a breakout. And between the pipes, one guy that, I think could have a good year, especially with a little bit more structure. He did leave the game last night early. Might be Corey Schneider. Maybe. I mean, he's not, he's coming off a down year, but if I'm, I I want to believe that the New Jersey devils have a little bit more structure, have a little bit more talent in front of him, And maybe just maybe he could have a good year. It's only about 50% owned. So maybe if you're looking for a goalie between the pipes, he did leave early last night, which is going to be a little bit of a concern for me going forward. But before he did leave, didn't look terribly bad. I thought that he looked okay. He was, you know, holding his own. The the devil's kind of, uh, the you know, the kind of fell off the uh, the track there a little bit and the <laughs> allowing the the Winnipeg Jets to come back. But you know, it was it was it was the opening game. There there might be better things to come. What about those Winnipeg Jets, though? Um, a oh, roller man. coaster that they've been through on the first <laughs> two games. High-scoring game against the Rangers. They they go across the river and and uh, play the Devils, and and uh, Devils had a four nothing lead in that one. Uh, Jets storm back to to tie it. Uh, Ten seconds left. Um, uh, <laughs> Blake Wheeler is lying in the crease, knocks it off the post twice. Um, and, uh, and then he's the one that, uh, scores the, uh, game winning, the game deciding goal in the shootout and, and the Jets win, um, their first of the season. Um, but a fun, yeah. a fun game to watch last night. And I think that's going to be how they have to do things now, whether their defense was so stout the past couple of years. Now it's a little bit leaner noticeably, uh, though, Hainola, the guy that we both like, he's gotten off to a yep. great start. Yep. So yeah, something is. to watch there. So, Rick, I jumped the gun earlier, but will we get <laughs> with uh, some winners and losers here to uh, to start the regular season? Absolutely. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. 
So if you remember last year, winners and losers, we would pick a winner and a loser, usually from the Montreal Canadiens, dissect the plays, dissect why exactly we went with those guys. But this week, we're going to do it a little bit differently because, you know, it's only been one game. And then there's been so many other great stories around the NHL. We thought that we'd put a little bit of uh, time and effort into dissecting those stories. And there's also one that we're going to get to that isn't so great. But uh, that'll be after we discuss a couple of of young guys making their debuts. And for me, it was uh, Ilya Samsonov, the Washington Capitals, uh, last night getting into his first game and making 25 saves on 26 shots. He's a first-round pick back in 2015 of the Washington Capitals, goaltender, and he looks like a very good prospect goaltender for the Washington Capitals. And as has become routine across the NHL, you have these teams that do player of the game ceremonies uh, for the, you know, for the team. And uh, one of the interesting ones was the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs now with the Raptors NBA finals game ball that they're going to be tossing around and, and saying, uh, Mike Babcock saying that it was it was the Raptors' time last year and the Leafs wanted to be their time this year. An interesting one in Washington where they have the helmet of the Washington Nationals and are going to be tossing that around and, and giving it to whomever, who, whomever is the uh, player of the game in, in that particular game. So last night it went to Samsonov, and he's wearing that. And, and obviously with the Washington Nationals in the NLDS against the uh, – Los Angeles Dodgers right now. It's a very timely thing. And so he got, <laughs> he got a bunch of shaving cream just right in the face from Tom Wilson as he was doing an interview. Uh, and he was obviously, so, you know, after his first game, he wanted to be serious. He wanted to, you know, say, hey, listen, it was a good time out there. He was talking to his translator and, and you know, speaking in Russian and stuff. And then here comes Tom Wilson with, just a handful of shaving cream right to the face. Uh, it was, it's a very funny clip. I would uh, suggest looking it up and seeing it for yourself. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good start to the career for uh, Ilya Samsonov and uh, certainly uh, happy to uh, get that helmet in his uh, first game. <laughs> he's uh, he's he, he, uh, one of the top goalie prospects. And, and uh, I just liked how he <laughs> tried to continue the interview uh, seriously, yeah. <laughs> uh, with a face full of shaving cream, it was it it is a, a clip worth watching. Yeah. Uh, another clip that was uh, on social media, and and if you missed it, uh, take a look at it. Um, it includes Leas Anderson of of uh, the New York uh, Rangers <laughs> and uh, Leas Anderson, a 2017 first round pick by the Rangers, going seventh overall last season. He split the season between the Rangers and uh, the Hartford Wolfpack. Um, lots of, uh, as, as the Rangers are retooling, lots of things expected of him and, and the Rangers had their opening ceremony and the player introductions and they introduced, uh, Leas Anderson and he came skating out and, um, not his fault, not his no. fault. Somebody's no. uh, had their, the camera wire strung across where the guys were supposed to skate and he took a, a header. He, he just tripped over the cord and ended up on the ice. Uh, but with full grace and, and, yeah. um, and humor, he got up and, and he, uh, you know, he dealt with the whole experience like a rock star and, <laughs> and you really couldn't help, uh, but think of, uh, 
a former Ranger, um, Phil Esposito. Phil Esposito finished his career <laughs> as a Ranger. Of course, a lot of people remember him as a Boston Bruin. And as a member of the Boston Bruins, he um, uh, represented uh, Canada in the infamous uh, 1972 yep. <laughs> Canada-Russia series. Uh, and in his player introductions in Moscow, um, he <laughs> went to the ice. He tri- tripped um, and uh, got up and, and uh, to the delight of the Moscow fans, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, he did a, a little bow, and uh, so there's yeah there's some some of the those roots coming back those Ranger roots coming back for Leah Anderson. It's uh, it's a delightful clip to watch. Yeah, and honestly, I've never felt closer to an NHL player. I've never felt like I've been in the same position as an <laughs> NHL player. But I think that if that were me, I would. Like, listen, even if that thing wasn't there, I'd find a way that's so dark. They turn off all the lights, and then the guys are skating around. Even if there wasn't that cord that was just so poorly placed, I, I find it hard to believe. I find it amazing, actually, that that doesn't happen more often with all the, the lights dimmed and everything like that. It's, it's, it's amazing to me that doesn't happen more often. But uh, Anderson handled it like a pro. You, you got that absolutely right. Um, now... Shifting gears to something that was not handled uh, very well at all, which was Roman Polak's injury that was sustained against the Boston Bruins. Um, It was just a terrible thing to watch happen. And even more terrible was the call from uh, Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley. Uh, not leave it. Most people know what Jack Edwards said, but we're not going to leave Andy Brickley out of this either because he contributed as well. Um, so as Roman Polak is sort of falling, losing his balance and heading in towards the boards, uh, as that happens and afterwards, as it was, you know, being uh, broke down, you have Jack Edwards saying that it was quote unquote bad hockey karma and Brickley saying that it was self-induced and that Polak put himself in a vulnerable position. So two things that just did not need to be said at all in that situation that were, and you had a backlash on social media, and then you had people that were saying from the Boston area, from Massachusetts, saying that it was taken out of context. Regardless if it was taken out of context or not, you don't say those things if you don't know the severity of the injury, and with Roman Polak being stretchered off the ice, you just don't say it at all. It's a terrible look. Well, the, the, the you know, um, you can perhaps uh, understand things being said in, in the heat of the broadcast, uh, but, yeah. but then Jack Edwards doubled down on it uh, mm-hmm. and said he stood by every word, even after he knew about Polak's fractured yep. sternum. Um, he doubled down on it, and he he uh, said uh, that Andy Brickley's words were bang on in terms of of it being self induced. Uh, it, it was just um, he's the worst. Uh, Nesson <laughs> has been the worst uh, hockey broadcaster for a long, long time. This goes back to the days of of uh, Fred Kusick and and Derek Sanderson and and. Uh, the homerism there was uh, at the time unheard of in in uh, hockey play by play and broadcasting. Uh, um, and and Jack Edwards is just, 
this is a guy who has a long track record of just saying horrible, horrible things. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not one to, to call for people to be off the air, but uh, if anybody deserves it, uh, you go back to the, um, you know, Max Pacioretty, you go back to 2011 yeah. and, and uh, in January of, of that year, um, Max Pacioretty scored an overtime goal. Um, and uh, he was celebrating with uh, Subban and uh, DeHarnay and, and uh, Hal Gill and, and um, uh, Jack Edwards just, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what the deal was with uh, Chera was on the ice and, 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 and um, uh, Pacioretty and Chera kind of cross paths, but um, Jack Edwards blurted out, he's a cocky kid and someday somebody's going to take his head off. Two months mm-hmm. later to the day, to the day, um, Chara did take, quote unquote, take his head off, uh, fracturing yeah. um, uh, Max Pacioretty's uh, vertebrae as you rammed him into the, the turnbuckle, so to speak, uh, while Pacioretty, the puck was nowhere near Pacioretty. Um, yeah. You fast forward another month from that into the, the playoffs and and the Habs had won the first two games against Boston and uh, game three is third period. And uh, um, Roman Hammerlick was skating back into his own zone and uh, with um, forward, Michael Ryder, former Canadian. And uh, the two kind of came together and, and Hammerlick went awkwardly into the boards. Uh, It, it, and um, (laughs) Edwards screamed out, Hammerlock goes down as if he was shot. Get up! Get up! Yeah. Montreal is trying to nurse ridiculous calls out of the referees. It, it, again, it, he's just the worst. Absolute yeah. worst. Uh, and this was just a long line and, and disgusting what he had said. Yeah. And, I mean, the Nesson baseball broadcasts are the same story. It's it's all homerism. It really is. And and Jack Edwards, I think, is is the worst uh, just this the worst guy for that on that network of, of a lot of guys who are very Homer. <laughs> so yeah, it was obviously a, a terrible thing to say. And, and of course wish the absolute best for Roman Polak um, and, and hope that he can make a, a swift recovery. Um, so shifting gears, we do have some other pieces of news. Um, so Carey Price with a, a brand new mask that uh, Carey Price has always had these very cool-looking masks, and this time he went with a little bit of a different approach where there's, there's no color at all. It's just kind of this, like, camouflage. Some people have described it as, like, kind of a snake skin. It, it's just this really strange uh, design, but it looks very cool. And it's kind of, uh, you know, he's, he's always had these really interesting designs on his mask, and this one is called Cryptic Evo. Uh, I believe I pronounced that correctly. So uh, what do you think of the, of the new mask in Carey Price's collection? Well, the, you know, the cryptic is a kind of camo that, that used uh, tactically sometimes, but, but by yeah. hunters and, and, um, and Carey Price is very much a, a, a hunter and outdoorsman. And, and uh, so it seems like this, this new mask is a, a pretty good reflection of his lifestyle. And, and, uh, uh, I like it. Uh, I like it yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's a uh, really interesting. To see, interesting to see if he'll he'll dust that one off for a game. Uh, <laughs> get that one in the mix. Uh, so, 
We also had some interesting news surrounding Jeff Molson and the Montreal Canadiens organization as a whole, and uh, Serge Savard as well, where, you know, you have the conversation that seemingly comes back every year about the number of francophones that are currently on the Montreal Canadiens roster. And this kind of, you know, with the, the news of, of Charles Houdon, that was that he was one of the, the last three cuts. So him and Charlie Lindgren were sent down through waivers. Uh, it kind of came up again. And you had, you know, Serge Savard saying that he told Mark Bergevin that they'll let you win in English, but they won't let you lose in English in Quebec. So he wanted, you know, he believed that the Canadians should have more players from Quebec and, and Jeff Molson sort of saying, well, listen, it's not from a lack of desire. We want to have guys from Quebec, but there's a lot of great players around today and you have to go to different countries to get them. So what did you make of, of all of this? <laughs> Well, it was a story that was going on while everyone else was focused on uh, the excitement of Suzuki making the lineup, the excitement of Kale Fleury making the lineup, the uh, disappointment of Ryan Paling uh, being sent to Lavelle. Uh, there was this whole um, uh, firestorm happening in the French media about uh, the fact that Charles Houdon was sent down and, and that it left two uh, just two francophones uh, being Philip Deneau and Jonathan Duran uh, on the Canadians. And, and uh, for some, that was, that was uh, far too many. There was a banner up on René Lévesque Boulevard saying minimum of 10 francophones. Uh, Serge Savard jumped in, as you said, and, and uh, that line <laughs> I thought was, was interesting. And he followed up by saying, uh, I think, I think Bergevin heard me, but he's certainly yeah. not listening. <laughs> Um, and to put the whole thing, put the, uh, Serge Savard's comments in, in perspective, um, we remember that when there was all the talk about the, the uh, Nordique uh, coming back, that Serge Savard was uh, seriously considering uh, being a new owner of that team. And he boldly said at that time that if he uh, got the team and, and, uh, and got a franchise, that it would be 100% francophone, uh, the Quebec Nordic, which, um, you know, and he, and he said in his comments uh, that uh, when he played, uh, there was a half and half. Um, and, and, you know, as Jeff Molson said um, when in his speech to the Canadian club, um, you know, we do our best. And, and you do yeah. see them uh, do, doing their best uh, in, in the trial players, in, in the late round picks, uh, and uh, there seems to be some tokenism happening there. Uh, but Jeff Molson said it's more and more difficult because the game isn't the same as when uh, Serge Savard played. The game isn't the same as, as uh, the last time the Canadians uh, won the Stanley Cup. Uh, there's, there's more Europeans. The, the demographic nature of, of the league has changed dramatically. Um, I, I, I haven't checked this this year. Uh, but typically there's about 50 uh, francophones in the NHL total. Um, and, you know, we've seen uh, that uh, the players from the queue have been, have been uh, not as impactful. Uh, that may change uh, next year um, uh, with the yeah. first overall pick. Um, but there's, there's, you know, uh, uh, Molson said it's, it's not a desire. It's just that, we want to have the best possible team. And, and some would complain 
that even at that, they've made decisions that have jeopardized having the best possible team on the ice, whether you talk about the GM or the coach or uh, some of the choices. Um, it's, it's, this is, this is a, a big issue uh, and probably is worthy of, of one of our big topic yeah. um, focus. Uh, the, I, sh- I should say there was a podcast dropped last night by uh, our sister podcast, Have a Listen, or sorry, Habs Unfiltered. Uh, and Blaine and Treg talk about it. Um, so you might want to listen to that. It, we'll talk about it in more depth. Uh, but we just wanted to kind of let you know that, that all of this stuff was, was <laughs> happening when so many of us were focused on other things. Um, you know, and, and it's, a, it's, it's a passionate thing. We, we saw, and, and it's difficult for Molson. And I've, I've said this before, um, you know, it's why it's difficult for Molson to be in this kind of so-called co-GM role where he's trying to help Bergevin make hockey decisions because he also has to make business decisions about yeah. Molson. And, um, you know, we remember when uh, Randy Cunningworth was uh, made interim coach in a reasonable kind of way. He moved up from, from the AHL as, as you might expect, um, uh, they had to apologize and then fire him because 75 protesters, uh, 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 which seems like a small number, but, but called for a boycott of all Molson products. And so Jeff Molson, you know, had to knee jerk quickly react, uh, to protect his business interests and maybe, uh, didn't, uh, wasn't so much thinking about the hockey decisions and it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And, and like I say, we'll, we'll get into this more, but um, we just wanted to let you to know what, uh, what's been happening. Yeah. And it's the Francophone question is always an issue in Montreal. It's always going to be there. So yes, we'll have to uh, wait for another day to tackle that issue in full. So, uh, but we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, so we're going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, we do have the question of the week thrown out on social media that I will just say right now. Where will the Habs finish in the regular season standings this year? They finish in the playoffs. Will they get to the playoffs? The Jim Moore question. Playoffs? I don't know. Uh, and then we also have uh, the uh, issues of the week, the news item. We're going to talk about the game against the Carolina Hurricanes in Carolina and much, much more. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, We want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. 
In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. So it's been a, a wild week of news. So since we last spoke last week, we were discussing who we believed would be the final cuts on the Montreal Canadiens uh, roster for opening night. And so we settled on the fact that Charles Udon and, and Charlie Lindgren were, were likely to be sent down um, but then came the issue of the final cut. Who was going to be that guy? Were they going to cut a guy that, you know, was signed to a, a one-way contract or somebody like a, a Mike Riley, which would be a little bit of a, uh, you know, a question mark after signing, re-signing him to a two-year extension. It was going to be a difficult decision to make. And ultimately, the Canadians decided that Ryan Paling was going to be the last guy uh, sent down to Laval, uh, obviously with his two-way status made it a lot easier and the fact that the Canadians you know obviously with him only playing in two preseason games having suffered that concussion they did have a logical reason as to why they could send him down but at the same time it would be really nice to have Ryan Paling on your team I think uh, right now especially against the going up against the Leafs tonight I mean he's got a good history against those guys if uh, if I remember correctly back to the uh, last game of the regular season that we've talked about uh, about 20 times on this podcast but you know I think that this was always going to be a tough decision and I said last week that Ryan Paling was probably going to be the last cut not because he should be but because the Canadians have kind of put themselves into a corner and they're in this position because they sign guys and re-sign guys without really having much thought for maybe Ryan Paling and Nick Suzuki both being in the NHL in addition to Kale Flurry. It's, it's, we've been getting so many mixed, mixed messages, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that, um, they they are going, uh, you know, fully in in the direction of of, of youth. And and Mark Bergevin said, I'm not going to. When it was asked about Jason Pominville, when he was ta- asked about um, Andre Markov, he said, No, I'm not going in that direction because I have to protect spots for our young players. Um, and and okay, that's that's a direction. That's a philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but you have to you have to plan for that and it it didn't seem like they they had a plan uh to uh, uh 
how to react if if both Suzuki and Paling made the lineup and and Kale Flurry in in this uh, instance. Each one of them, you know, we heard uh, Mark Bergevin say um, the young players would make the decisions uh, for him, uh, that they would force his hand, that he wasn't going to make the decisions, that their performance was going to make the decision. And it's clear uh, that uh, uh, Ryan Paling played well enough uh, to force that that decision, Uh, you know, uh, quibble about the number of games he played. He actually played four in the preseason. Um, if you're counting the, the rookie tournament as well, the, the, and all the Canadians, we talked about how many uh, of the Canadians management were at those games. So they could see exactly what Ryan Paling was doing. He was dominating there. Uh, the two games he played, he played extremely well um, in Bathurst. And then when he came back, um, so Paling earned a spot with his play. And, and, um, uh, I think then that the Canadians used his injury as an excuse to not have to make a tough decision. Uh, and the tough decision would have been to put Mike Riley or Christian Folan, probably Mike Riley uh, on, yeah. on waivers. And there was all kinds of, of concern that a Mike Riley would be lost. And, 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 you know, what's, what's the issue we talked about, why was he re-signed in the first place? Why was he given a two-year <laughs> contract? And at the time, uh, you know, the, the replies from fans were, ah, there's, 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 uh, it's no risk. Um, you know, um, why not? Why not add add him? Why not add uh, Folan? Why not add uh, Willette? Why not? You know, they, they go on and on and on. Why not? Well, as if there's no consequences. Well, here's the consequences because. Uh, Mark Bergevin, maybe, maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe he truly has uh, thinks that uh, Mike Riley has value, but he didn't want to put him on waivers uh, and look like he had made a bad decision with re-signing him. Um, and and so you look at Claude Julian. Claude Julian sat down with uh, Sportsnet Eric Ingalls, and um, he said um, uh, when asked about Ryan Paling. He said, uh, because of his injury, that made it a bit easier to make that decision. Had he not been injured, it would have made it a little bit harder for us. So it's clear yeah. <laughs> that they're using the concussion as a um, as an excuse, as a as a yeah. convenient option to make a decision uh, to to opt out of making a, a tough decision, the decision they didn't want to make the difficult thing. And, and we'll get to, to Paling's reaction in a second, but the difficult thing is Mark Bergevin was asked, okay, so what's the plan? When's, when's he coming back? I don't know. Soon was um, <laughs> Bergevin's reaction. Claude Julien, when is, when is it going to be? Who knows? I don't think it's going to be too long. But where's the plan? And how's Paling going to get back? Is, is there going to be a trade that's going to open up a spot? Uh, Mark Bergevin has been unable to, and we know, we talked last week about Duran being on the market and, and uh, other players that he was trying to trade. Houdon has been in, uh, uh, on the block for a long time. Um, he's, he's not been able to make uh, those trades. And we wonder... Uh, Mark Bergeron in the past, and, and, and this is a thing with, with GMs, there's do me a favor trades. It, it, it yeah. happens. <laughs> it happens. 
um, the John Scott was do me a favor trade. The, the Nicholas Delorier was do me a favor trade. The uh, Louis LeBlanc was a do me a a favor (laughs) trade Uh, has because of the offer sheet, has that affected Mark's uh, Mark Bergevin's ability to, to do a do me a favor trade uh, trying to get another team to take on uh, Charles Sedan. The other way is okay. Expose a player to waivers and, um, and it seems like that's going to be a too big of a hit to, to Mark Bergevin's uh, ego to, to, to lose a player on waivers that he signed. Or the other thing is waiting for an injury and, and waiting for an injury is just unpredictable and, and not a way, not, uh, it shows no signs of planning. It, it, it yeah. puts control of a big decision of one of your most important pros- prospects in the hands of fate. And in the meantime, He's in um, Laval, and uh, his reaction, well, you know, um, Stefan LaRue had asked him, and, and you have to watch it because you have to look at uh, not what he said, but you have to look at Ryan Paling's eyes. And, and Stefan yeah. <laughs> LaRue, and I'll paraphrase here, said something to the extent of, um, you know, it's not really a bad thing, is it? To uh, uh, it can be positive to 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 spend oh a month two months three months um, in Laval said he said three months mm-hmm. <laughs> Paling's eyes were were dead um, <laughs> there was there was yeah um, this I don't know oh, I don't know what you think but but th- this is again. Um, it's tough on these these prospects, especially when you hear Paling's reaction. And, you know, I said last week that this would come down to Ryan Paling, and it would not be his fault. It would not be the fault of Ryan Paling that he would be sent down to Laval. It's the blame has to lie on the shoulders of, of the Montreal Canadiens. And I understand, listen – I would have been completely fine had this been Kale Fleury and the Canadians had signed a couple more defensemen because last year they looked at their defensive core and said, you know what? That wasn't good enough last year. We need to improve that. We need to do better than we did last year. And Kale Fleury comes back and he looks the way that he looked. Nobody was expecting that leap from Kale Fleury. I I would have a hard time believing somebody that told me that they thought that Kale Fleury would be what he is right now. Another year, maybe I could see it then, but not this year. So Ryan Paling, the guy that scored four goals in the last game of the season, well, three and then a shootout winner, but I call it four goals. He scored three goals, had a hat trick, and then the shootout winner against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You had to know that that guy was going to be coming for a roster spot, and you still signed Nick Cousins. And I know that I've said that the last couple weeks, and I have nothing against Nick Cousins. He was a healthy scratch on opening night, but he didn't look that bad in the preseason maybe he can bring something to this team but he's not ryan paling and ryan paling is a guy that we know can actually provide something for this team and is figures to be a very big part of this team going forward and i was very looking forward to having two six foot three big boys play in the center position like Jesperi kotkaniemi and ryan paling because that's something that we've not had in montreal in a very long time so now it's the waiting game. We have to wait around for this guy that we know is a, is a capable player that we just saw undress Aaron Ekblad in a preseason game. And in the last game of, of last year, 
score three goals on a team that was a playoff team last year in the Toronto Maple Leafs, who you're playing tonight. And you, you might use a little bit of that scoring punch if, if he would be around at this point. So it's, it's a frustrating thing because, as you said, Mark Bergevin said, listen, I don't know how long it's going to be. I, I don't think it'll be too long. But, I mean, he doesn't sound like he's very certain about all of this. And this is a, a promising young player that you would like to see in the Habs lineup. And it's just like, nah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how things go. If things work out, then yeah, we'll, we'll bring him back up. But if they don't, then we'll just keep him down there and, and let Joel Bouchard play him 30 minutes a night or whatever. You know, that's the thing. It's, it's that frustration of, well, when are we going to actually get to see these guys? Because you talk about it all the time. You talk about a youth movement all summer. But it's one thing to talk about it. It's another to actually do it and give these kids an opportunity. And, and, you know, it's, it's just a little bit frustrating to see this. I think um, I, I should say from the outset, we've um, uh, our team and with Amy Johnson, we've, we've, we've interviewed uh, Ryan Paling uh, uh, quite a number of times over the years, back to his NCAA career uh, at the world juniors. And, and um, you kind of know, um, what kind of responses you're going to get for, regardless of the words they use. But uh, you have to watch Ryan Palin. I've said it before. have to watch his eyes. <laughs> um, usually there's a spark in them. There was none. Yeah. And, and his, his comment was, I was a bit shocked. That, that, that is, um, that's a bit telling because it shows that mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, this, this is a player that was, was off for, uh, a number of days, nine days with the, the concussion. And, and uh, th- we've heard that there's, there's uh, not a great deal of, of uh, communication between Claude Julian and his younger players. And uh, maybe here's some evidence of it, but, but his quotes uh, were, were, were indicative of, of what he's feeling. And he said, we can speculate all, all we want. And, and that's with respect to whether the concussion played a factor or not fact of the matter is I'm here. I don't like it. Um, I, I don't like, sorry, I don't like ifs, ands, or buts. The only thing I can say is everything happens for a reason. And, and that relates to, um, Ryan Paling is very religious, uh, and, and, and talks about his faith a lot. And, and so that's what yeah. that refers to. And he says, at the end of the day, I'm still playing hockey and I'm, I'm going to make the mo- most of it. And he tries to, uh, take a positive, uh, view. He goes on to say, I was, I was definitely frustrated when I heard about it. You feel like you're doing all the right things, but the result just doesn't go your way. And, and so, again, that's, that goes back to Mark Bergevin's words saying, um, you know, force my hand. Uh, if, you, if you perform, um, you'll make the decision, not me. That kind of, there's a contradiction there because yeah. Ryan Palin said, uh, says, I've done all the right things. He goes on to say, that's life in general. You moan about it or you deal with the hand you're dealt. Who dealt that hand? That was Mark Bergevin. That was Mark Bergevin. Yeah. (laughs) He continues, I wasn't happy getting sent down. I felt like I did all the right things and did what they asked. I felt like I did them well. I was a bit shocked. You can't be discouraged in this league. You're going to get knocked down a few times. It's just not straight rainbows. There's going to be a roller coaster of events throughout the season and throughout your career. You have to stick with it. 
um, that's that's a player that that felt that that's discouraged in the fact that that um, he uh, did everything that he needed to do to show them that he was an NHL caliber player and still got sent down. Um, and I guess, okay, then that gets to the next step, which is, as you said, okay, play him 30 minutes a night in, uh, in, in Lavelle. Um, I'm of the opinion, and I express this uh, on From the Press Box podcast, and and it lines up with opinions of other uh, scouts that I've talked to that 10 to 12 minutes in the NHL is far more valuable to a young player than 16 to 18 minutes in the AHL. Yeah. Um, and that would be, you know, there was, there was the myth, there was that assumption that Ryan Paling was going to be playing a whole ton of minutes and he was going to be on the top pair of top trio. Um, that didn't happen last night when you watch the game, now, it was billed as as the first trio, but if you watch the game, it certainly wasn't. And when you look at the makeup, it certainly wasn't. Um, Ryan Paling wasn't wasn't with Charles Houdon or, or Alex Belzeal. Um, he was with Matthew Pekka and Dale Weiss. Um, that's not that's not going to be your top line. If if Weiss and Pekka are on your top line, when you're supposed to be. Uh, developing your top prospects, um, then something major is wrong. And as we, as the game <laughs> went along, we saw that, that Ryan Paling wasn't getting top line ice time, just wasn't. Um, it was a game full of special teams. He wasn't even out there on the first wave of the power play, did get power play time for sure. Uh, and uh, uh, Joel Bouchard had said, um, he's he's here to play he must play and he must gain experience but bouchard said it won't be at the expense of other players because there's team unity to consider i don't want to disturb the team chemistry so you don't bring in a player from the outside quote unquote who's not expected to be here very long and disturb team chemistry, all one game's worth or a couple of practices <laughs> worth, by inserting Ryan Paling. That's a really odd uh, philosophy uh, and I think would be a surprise to most, most Canadians fans who figure Ryan Paling's going to go down and he's going to play top minutes. And, and um, uh, Bouchard said he, the reality is we have other players and we need them to play together. Again, the team chemistry thing. I'm not going to play Ryan Paling 42 minutes. He chooses an outrageous amount of time. Why would I do that? Paling is no different than many of the other prospects. He's not expected to dominate in the AHL. That's very different than I think if, if you actually watch the game and you listen to the words of Joel Bouchard, that's very different than the expectations of most Canadians fans who don't pay attention to the AHL or, or just kind of a cursory casual kind of relationship where they expect Ryan Paling is going to, okay, this is good for him. He'll go down, he'll play lots of minutes. He'll, um, you know, uh, get his legs under him and then he'll be called up. Two things concerning to me, Joel Bouchard's not going to do that because he doesn't want to upset his chemistry. Uh, and number two, there's no plan for Ryan Paling's return. Uh, other than fate, I guess. Um, so for me, um, again, Canadians have been awful 
with transitioning guys to the NHL. I, I, I don't want to believe that because they've drafted well and, and they have yeah. great prospects. But my goodness, it's early and it's, it's, it's just falling into that same pattern again. And, you know, I listen, fans are going to point out and, and say, listen, Nick Suzuki made the team, Kale Fleury made the team, the youth movement is here, but they just had a little bit of a roster crunch when it came down to Ryan Paling. And, you know, listen, I can, I can see that, but this has been going on for, what, four, three, at least three or four years where you've had young guys who could potentially be difference makers on the Canadians in a, you know, a third line role. But in, in, but in lieu of that, the Canadians have decided to go with older guys, with veteran guys, just because, just because they are an inherently better player because they've played X amount of NHL games compared to whoever the Canadians young guy is that hasn't played any, you know, that's the part of, that's the philosophy that seems to follow this team that is going to need to go away because listen, and I, I know I keep going back to it, but it's the forward that they signed this year. It's Nick cousins. What does Nick cousins do that Ryan Paling can't do? Because if the, if the answer is, well, he's played more NHL games, then that isn't enough because the Canadians are trying to sell this youth movement and say that these are the guys that are going to be making us a, that are going to be a difference maker. that are going to be guys that we can rely on for production. And you just send one of them down. I mean, I understand that he had the concussion. I understand that you wanted to get his legs back under him and, and all of that stuff, but come on. It's, 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 it's the time that these guys need to, this is this would be a valuable experience for Ryan Paling to be in the NHL. As you said, you you learn a little bit more. You're at that you're at that highest level. You're at the level that you you should really be at if you're Ryan Paling at this point in time. So putting him down in the AHL and I thought that the number thirty that I threw out there was outrageous. <laughs> putting him down to the AHL and playing whatever amount of minutes, even if it is a first line role, it's not really going to do much for Ryan Paling because we just saw him completely uh get around a great defenseman in in Aaron Ekblad in the preseason so he's prepared he's ready it's you know so that's that's a concern that's a concern and hopefully he's back up sooner rather than later and I'm not sure what hopefully it's it's by a a, some sort of roster move be it a trade or something else because if it's, it's just waiting for someone to get injured I don't know that just doesn't feel right um, it's just a, a little ironic. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Cousins, and that that's a good. Uh, he's a good player to point out because yep. I think you know Jordan Wheel is is obviously uh, superior to, to to Cousins, and so what what does Cousins bring? He's gritty. He he irritates other players, and maybe playing part of a, a Shaw role. But um, Nate Thompson is another one uh, who was resigned, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons he was resigned is. Uh, for his face-off ability. And it just was a little ironic when it was Nate Thompson who was beat on the draw by sophomore um, um, center uh, Lucas Walmart. Uh, yeah. And that opened the Carolina <laughs> scoring. Now, uh, um, uh, Nate Thompson went on to have a, a, a very good night in the face-off circle, but that was a key moment. Nate Thompson was also culpable a little bit later um, and in the tying, both he and Byron, uh, were, were kind of, uh, watching, um, that, that tying goal in the third period. 
and uh, and and I know all the much of the blame went to Ben Sherrod on that, but and and should have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Nate Thompson didn't look good on that as well. I think, like most players, like I said in the game recap, uh, most players had some ups and downs. Uh, some looked good at times. Some didn't look good at times. Um, I think the only players that looked good, Carey Price was outstanding and and he was. Um, and had to be because Carolina dominated in terms of shots, in terms of scoring chances, in terms of grade A, the high danger scoring chances. Um, Kotkaniemi had a good game. Lekkonen had a good game. Joel Maramia was a beast along the boards. Oh, man. <laughs> he was fantastic um, in the overtime. He was, and particularly in overtime. Um, on the other side of the coin, uh, like I said, most players were kind of had had uh, a mix of good and bad. But Victor Mata, wow, <laughs> my mm. goodness, he had a. And I know you're a Mata fan. Yeah. But, uh, he, he. Yeah. He had a rough, rough game. Um, uh, Philip Deneau had a tough game. Um, didn't look good uh, five on five and was terrible. Uh, on the, on the penalty kill, that's something we've we got to keep a, an eye on, uh, that the Canadians gave up uh, essentially two, uh, two goals uh, while killing a penalty. One came when, when, uh, when the penalty had just expired. And, and they weren't yeah. good in the preseason on the penalty kill either. And Max Domi, five uh, turnovers, giveaways. Yeah. Uh, he, had a, he had a rough game, I thought. And, and Max, it just felt like it just felt like he was trying to do too much and you know, he's not taking what the defense was giving him because there was opportunities for him to shoot and he just didn't, he just passed them up. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of playing with someone like Nick Suzuki and you feel like that, that you both can create something that looks a lot better than just, you know, there were that might work even though the percentage of it actually happening is pretty low compared to a shot that at least has an opportunity to beat Peter Mrazek. You know, so that was it was a little bit frustrating watching Max, uh, yeah, on opening night. And, and hopefully uh, tonight in Toronto, he is a, a little bit better than he was uh, in the opening game. And Look another at guy, guitar that, shot. Uh, that was that was yeah, a soft exactly. goal by by Morazic. So, yeah, uh, Domi's got to realize he's the shooter on that line with Lackman yes. and Suzuki. He is the shooter. So um, you're right in in. Uh, Tonight, heading to uh, um, what what's thought of as his he was actually born in Winnipeg, but uh, what's yeah. thought of as as his hometown, yeah. Toronto. I'm sure that Max Domi will want to uh, uh, contribute much more than he did uh, in Carolina. Yeah, so we'll be looking forward to uh, that game tonight, and uh, I think we can just briefly talk about another guy, which he was at the center of a lot of things on ho- on hockey Twitter and, and Habs Twitter especially was Jonathan Drouin. And we, we talked about a couple well, last week we talked about how he just did not look good in, in the preseason. And last, the opening game, I think was, it was fair to say that it was a step up from where he was in the preseason. And I was impressed by the way that he played but there were still moments where you would like him to have a little bit of a more complete effort. And, uh, you know, especially on the power play, working the point, he's got to be a lot more careful. Uh, the, there was a game, the game against New Jersey in the preseason comes to mind as a, where he turned it over and he just didn't really get back. And then 
it was Sebastian Ajo that put some pressure on him at the blue line. He lost the puck, and then it was a one-on-one with Ajo, which was not a good situation for Jonathan Drouin to be in. But largely, I would have to say that I actually thought that he was he was pretty good in that first game. Uh, but, but what did you make of his performance? Yeah, I, I mean, he. Um, I, I think Jonathan Drouin at this point is a liability for the Canadiens' power play, and we saw he – a couple of turnovers at the blue lane. He doesn't belong on the point there. Um, he, he, he was, um, you know, caught flat footed, uh, that chant Carey price made the, a great save on Ajo. And, and, uh, if he didn't, um, you know, backhands are tough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we saw that connect the, uh, scored on Crawford, uh, in the global series in Prague, um, that, that uh, we're talking about Jonathan Drouin much differently. I, I mean, yeah. some were trying to make that, oh, he forced Ajo. He stood there, and, and Ajo yeah, went did. around him easily. Um, <laughs> uh, but listen, he was, he was uh, it was a giant leap from where he was in the, in the preseason when he was the worst player on the ice. He was, he yeah. was uh, good in his third-line uh, role. He was good with his line mates. And I think that's the role that kind of fits him Um, but still, but still, um, I can't help think about, um, Alexander Barkov. I can't help thinking about Nathan McKinnon. Those are his comparables. Those are the players he's going to always be measured against as they were taken one, two, and three in the 2013 draft. Um, and, and those are elite players. And I know Jonathan Duran wants to be talked about, um, and in, uh, about, uh, he wants to be talked about in those terms. Uh, he wasn't anywhere close to that on Thursday night. He was he was much 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 better. Uh, but I still think if he he wants the kind of recognition uh, in that elite class, he's got a lot more to a lot further to go. Um, and 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 let's hope he can. You know, it was first game for everybody. Uh, as yep. I said, ups and downs for 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 everybody. And let's hope that uh, with with some confidence, he can he can uh, ramp up his game even further. And I mean, he needs to, at the very least, replicate that performance 80 more times. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I don't think it matters what he does between October and December. It's January to April that really it's really going to show is there actually a difference in the way that Jonathan Drouin is performing. So it's all well and good that he got off to a pretty good start against Carolina. It was, you know, up and down, but it was, it was pretty good, but he needs to continue that and hopefully even, you know, increase his role, increase the way that he's, you know, and, and, and actually live up to some of that potential that we talked about a couple weeks ago. So we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians connection podcast, but when we come back, we're going to tackle the question of the week, where will the Habs finish in the regular season standings this year? And will they make the playoffs? So we're going to get to the answers to those questions, to that question, uh, after a quick break on the Canadians Connection. Stay with us. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast. We're going to answer or get to some of the answers to the question of the week, which was once again, where will the Habs finish in the regular season standings this year? And will they make the playoffs? And we've gotten a, a lot of different responses to this question, as you'd expect. It's only one game into the regular season. So expectations and, and you know, predictions running rampant. So we've got uh, Quichi who says they will be fifth in the Atlantic, get in a wild card spot. The Metro is a mess. So uh, counting for the, uh, the Metro division. So maybe that, that could be a reason that could be a reason why Montreal gets in. You have Blaine Potvin is the Habs unfiltered fame. And he just says just in the playoffs as the second wild card, likely losing in five or six in the first round versus Tampa. And then you have uh, Dr. Lee who says, uh, I think they sneak in the last spot, just enough better on the power play to get those few extra needed points, early exit playoff experience for the kids another influx of rookies the next year, and it finally clicks and we rock it. So that's a, that's a good look. I, I think that's, that's the uh, best-case scenario. <laughs> uh, you have Glenn, who says, third in division, playing Leafs round one. That'd be something. Wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, and then you have Chris G., our own Chris G., who says, Habs are in a tough division and not many significant changes last season. Uh, I think the result will be the same like last year, it, in it until the end, but won't make it. And then you have uh, CJ Castleman, CJ underscore Castleman on Twitter saying, agreed, not a playoff team. Certainly reason for optimism, given the bumper crop of young players coming down the pipe, but they aren't anywhere close to a contender this season. Uh, So it is really a a mixed bag of of expectations and predictions on Twitter. But uh, what's Facebook saying? Uh, You can join us on Facebook. Um, We've got lots of people offering their opinions. Just look for All Habs on uh, Facebook. You'll find our our All Habs fan page. Um, 
Uh, Art Pollard says, I'm optimistic. We'll get 100 points and squeak in. Uh, depends on miracles that carry performs and a healthy season. Remember, they were very healthy yep. uh, last year. Uh, that's an unknown uh, this year and was one of our questions in, in that uh, uh, podcast we had a couple of weeks ago. Well, one of the major questions this year. Uh, Jim McElwain says they'll be in tough with the division and conference loaded with serious contenders. My opinion, close, but no cigar. Uh, Alan uh, Slimovici says 10th, maybe 9th. Um, I guess he's talking about in the NHL. That would be a pretty good finish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan Ryu says uh, Wheat D, slim chance. Um, Spence McAvira says uh, we need a left-handed defenseman and a sniper. Um, but the answer is no, we're not going to get it. Gord Linus says Wheat D, no sniper, no playoffs. Fire Bergevin. <laughs> so oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, my my view is uh, somebody said fifth in the Atlantic. I think that sounds about right to me. Um, and but I'm I've got them around uh, 91, 92 points and, and yeah. just missing uh, the playoffs this year. And and the reason I make that uh, is, is the defense that there wasn't a, an upgrade on on the defense. And we saw uh, Victor Mattis struggle. We saw. Uh, ben Sherratt kind of uh, struggling a bit. And, and you look at Carolina, uh, one of the teams the Canadians will be competing against for the playoffs, brought in Jake Gardner. Where's Jake Gardner yep. playing? Third pair. Third pair. Yep. Uh, would that happen in Montreal? No, definitely not. And they shift and strengthen up the left side by getting uh, Joel Edmondson as well. So, I mean, that's a that's a tough-looking defensive core in Carolina. So it'll be – a. It'll be the, the Canadians are going to be up against it if they're going to repeat for their 96 plus points. Uh, I, I agree. I think 92 is, is, a, is a good number. I think with the improvement of Florida, New Jersey, Eastern Conference as a whole, the Rangers. Um, I just I think that there's going to be a couple more losses that are sprinkled in along the way for the Canadians this season. Uh, 92 points between that and I'd say 92 to 94. I think that that has to be the most that I can see the Canadians getting this year, uh, just because it, it is a difficult it's a difficult division number one. But the conference has gotten a lot tougher too. I mean, I know the the Metro is kind of up in arms a little bit, but it's it's not so much of a mess that the Canadians will you know I, I don't think it's that much of a mess that the Canadians are going to get in there. Uh, I think that there might be a team in there that that could. Uh, take up that last wild card spot. It'll be difficult, but you know we'll have to see. I guess only one game into the season, so <laughs> there's lots of time to uh, to have these types of discussions. Um, so with all of that said, I think it's about time that we wrap this thing up for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Of course, uh, the Canadians in Toronto tonight, hockey night in Canada. Season doesn't feel like it's officially underway until the Canadians play the Leafs. Uh, so this, this is going to be a fun one tonight. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching that game. And, uh, and of course, I'm looking forward to uh, up until game time, reading more responses to the question of the week. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can certainly keep those responses coming in the meantime. You can text us 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET, 24 hours a day. Uh, but you also want to check out our uh, all the content that we uh, have for you on our uh, website, allhabs.com, allhabs.net. Either works. Um, if you want to uh, uh, catch any of our past 
uh, podcast for the Canadians Connection. It's CanadiansConnection.com, CanadiansConnection.com. And we have a new website for you. Uh, we've, got, we've got four podcasts uh, all dropping uh, new episodes this week. Uh, Canadians Connection being this podcast from the uh, press box being uh, the focus on prospects in the AHL with Amy Johnson. We have Have a Listen with Lewis and Gibby. We have Habs Unfiltered with Matt Lane and Treg. And we we hear you. We heard you. Uh, you want a, a, a site devoted to all your podcasts. We built a site in the offseason. Yep. <laughs> and it's rocketsportsradio.com, rocketsportsradio.com. Uh, by mobile, uh, on your desktop, go to rocketsportsradio.com and, and you can uh, listen to all of our podcasts, all of the episodes uh, right there. Uh, and uh, as well as uh, taking us with you wherever you go and, and uh, we're available on all your favorite apps as Joe will remind you. As certainly uh, you can uh, f- find all of your all of these podcasts, the under the Rocket Sports Radio umbrella, on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. And uh, don't be shy uh, to give the podcast a five star rating. <laughs> and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, certainly, um, yeah, certainly follow uh, on social media. My uh, Twitter account is Joe Whalen nineteen. Rick at All Habs. And uh, yeah, so certainly uh, give those a follow as well. And uh, we'll are be back Are you looking to watch you. videos uh, on social yeah. media? We'll, we'll add another one in there. We'll add something else for you. If, if we're not producing enough content for you, here's more. Uh, go to YouTube and look for our uh, uh, channel, All Habs. Just, it's, it's the All Habs channel on YouTube. There's all kinds of exclusive videos you won't see anywhere else. Uh, we've, uh, we've interviewed, uh, prospects we've interviewed, we were at the rookie camp. Um, there's all kinds of content there. You're not going to find anywhere else. So go, uh, to the, um, all Habs, uh, uh, page on, uh, or account on, on YouTube and, uh, watch videos to your heart's content. Yep. Some great exclusive content there on the all Habs YouTube account. Certainly worth, uh, to hit that subscribe button and, and follow along. So we'll be back next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 2.30 Newfoundland time, talking all things Montreal Canadiens. Uh, can't wait to be back and uh, discussing uh, some more Montreal Canadiens hockey games. So that we look forward to, and we will talk to you then. I've been Joseph Whalen. He's been Rick Stevens. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadiens Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Connection and visit allhabs.net.